Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. The first of two, maybe? Maybe not? We don't know. It's, it's all go at the moment. It's all go. But we wanted to come to you today and have a little chat about last weekend's uh, events as well as what potentially may be happening tonight at time of recording. So, um, first thing to say is, British media, are you all right? Are you okay out there? Are you still crying? Are you still upset? Have you parked your tractor puns for a week? Good. Now we've got that out of the way, uh, let's get on to my guests. Uh, good evening, Phil. Hi there. And good evening, Jazz. Hello. Hello there. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Uh, having taken months, years, decades, it seems, of, of abuse. Many, many people couldn't resist, including Kylian Mbappe. Yes. I we'll, his tweet. We'll certainly his come to that in a row. But um, yeah, a fantastic week for, for French football, uh, week slash weekend uh, with PSG going through. But I think we all sat around this podcast last week when we were previewing the Lyon game. And I think we all sort of said... You know, don't write them off. Um, if things fall their way, they've got every opportunity. But I think in our heart of hearts, we all sort of felt that they were the underdogs. You know, they were the probably it was against the likelihood of them going through. Uh, but go through, they very much did. And not only did they go through, I thought they thoroughly deserved it in the overall piece. Uh, not, not everybody agrees, but that's how I saw it. Certainly what I watched. Um, Phil, initial thoughts. I mean, it's just a massive result for Leon, isn't it? Yes. Um, and like you say, I think it was that I certainly was saying, don't write them off. But that was more kind of a hope against hope situation. But uh, what we've said before, if they could score first, we know what they've done so far has been to shore up at the back and be bloody difficult to break down. And uh, we saw that in the Coupe de la Ligue. Uh, final, we saw that in the Juve game, and they kind of did it again, but they had the nous to look at what they were facing and go, hang on a minute, because particularly in that first half where Man City were playing some kind of weird five-at-the-back situation with several key players not picked, and it all looked a bit like Pep was doing the whole tinkering too much thing again, that... Um, they were able to kind of deal with that. And after the um, uh, Corne scoring um, midway through the first half, um, and then even after City um, equalised, I think what uh, Tarek's going to have another preview up soon on the site about the semi-final. But he was saying they didn't let their heads drop. They didn't kind of panic and they kept going. And what I thought was very interesting was the second two goals both came kind of immediately after a Man City fuck-up. So you got Jesus, uh, Jesus um, swiping one that bounced over the bar and then immediately Dembele got um, the goal to go ahead. And then there was the epic Sterling miss and then immediately... There was the uh, going up the other end, the hour shot, and then their belly pouncing on the rebound. So they were really, really concentrated, which I thought was, you know, kind of the best thing you can do if you're an underdog. You take all of your chances, and they did that. And they did that particularly in the two goals they scored in the second half was really turning over the play after Man City had just 
you know, missed something. So I think that bodes very well for them. Obviously, it must be massively difficult to keep up that level of concentration, but they've done it several times now. So it does look, um, it does look, you know, uh, hopeful again, the hope against hope thing. I mean, as ever, I was looking at some of the XG stats and I got from InfoGoal, it should have been uh, like three versus 0.8. Mike Cayley, 2.3 versus 1.0. StatsBomb, 2.4 versus 1. All of the, the stats suggested that City should have won this by 3-1, three, three the other margin. And so the fact that um, OL did stand up against this, that Lopez was getting a bit of um, uh, stick in the first half, although I thought he was kind of good throughout, you know, made six saves, two claims, one punch. They looked very solid. And this time maybe it was Mar Marcel rather than Marcelo, who was the, the key defender. But having that solidity at the back is hopefully also going to be something taking into the, the semi-final that makes a difference because they are not, you know, the leaky back line that uh, Bayern um, absolutely shafted also over the weekend. So I think it was a very composed performance and I really hope they can keep that composure and keep that concentration. And then who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I think um, you know that they've they've gone out of the frying pan and now we'll go directly into the fire with, with Bayern Munich. But we'll <laughs> mm -hmm. tackle that when we when we get there. Just like Leon put in the performance, I think something that sort of bothered me slightly, and I want to get your view on this is a three-one win has somehow still, despite the credit they have gotten. To be fair, they have got some credit, probably not enough in my opinion, but still. But has it gone a little bit under the radar how tactically brilliant the setup for Leon was? And in terms of the fact that it's all been about Guardiola's tactics and how he sort of threw this away and changed his system for Leon and the respect he showed them, etc. But I think really Garcia deserves a bit of credit here because all I keep hearing is, oh, they were seventh in Ligue 1. I think anyone that has a brain knows that Leon are not the seventh best team in France. But you know, league tables are what league tables do. So do you feel that the, the sort of the tactical element and the ability to play the way they did actually is, is what should be given more credit to Leon? They scored three goals and I, I felt like they took the game to City at every opportunity. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he deserves credit for, tactical credit for, for this particular match because he did what he's done mm. the last couple of matches as well. And... Um, you know, he hasn't changed anything. He, yes, he's changed the formation from what they were doing for a lot of the season, but he did that a couple of matches back. It's working very well, so he's sticking with it. Um, I think it's probably fair to, <clears throat> from a purely tactical point of view, to focus more on Guardiola than than um, Garcia for this one because it's Guardiola who changed his tactics and it clearly didn't work. Um, but I do think Garcia deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with, with Lyon, at least for now, in general, because obviously he was he's coming from such a bad place in terms of sort of how unpopular he was when he was appointed and then how, you know, he, di he didn't really get Lyon, despite the fact that he was sort of fighting a, a 
bit of a losing battle when he took over. He still came in sort of October time. And, still, and even with the season being cut short, there was still probably ample time to, to secure a top four place. So he didn't pull up any trees, even though he, didn't, he did better than Silvino did. Um, but what he's got them doing recently, first of all, in terms of, I think, fitness, um, you know, everyone's guessing and second guessing um, who's benefiting the most. And it looks like so far the, the, the league that sort of finished early in France and the league that came back but finished earlier than the others in Germany have benefited the most. But certainly Lyon have cut, or PSG as well, but Lyon have come back sort of fit, raring to go, um, prepared to, in, in both matches so far, to sort of, um, you know, sit, sit back and, and defend for their lives um, once they've got a lead, which they've managed to do. But they, they, in neither match have they particularly, I think, tired or looked like they were close to tiring. Mm. Um, in, in this one, they, they had the, um, you know, the energy to, as, as Phil said, to kind of react to a couple of um, Miss City chances and go straight up the other end um, with, you know, decent breaks. Obviously, that there is a question mark whether the second goal should have been given or not. That's fair, but um, still, you know that they had the the energy and the wherewithal to to go up the other end and finish clinically, also with a bit of help from Edison. Um, so, you know that they've they've answered all the questions that have been asked of them so far. And you know, we gave PSG credit last week for not sort of playing playing well as a team but playing for each other as a team if you know what I mean and I think Lyon are very much doing that as well when you consider that um, there's a real sort of hodgepodge there of you know a couple of players that a few months ago were out of favour two or three players that are probably already looking for the next club um, a couple of players who uh, you know literally or certainly one that's literally sort of a handful of games into his career um, there's there's lots of reasons why this team shouldn't gel and yet they are. And, um, you know, I think again, the same with PSG, they played Atalanta who have had a great season, but they are still Atalanta and they only just got past them. Lyon have played the worst Juventus for a long time and Man City, who are good, but do have a soft middle at times. So I'm not saying that we should get carried away, but Let's both, get teams carried away. Done, both teams have done what they've needed to do so far. Mm. Yeah, I think they've done that's... it very well. And consider it again, PSG, you sort of expect it. And everyone's been saying, you know, this is what they should have been doing for years now. But Leon, no one expects it. No one expects it most years, but certainly this year of all years. So for them to have done what they've done is fantastic I think mm. and yeah. just um on the you know is Garcia a tactical genius I think his in a sense best tactical decision was as Jess said he stuck to the same team and formation he's been playing since since they came back he didn't look at oh god now we're playing City I need to do something else get more kind of traditional defenders on a set of Cornea wing back and stuff like that. He he stuck to it. And that sense of familiarity, I think, was also part of 
uh, what Jess was talking about, playing for the team. It's a sense of cohesion and understanding. They're used to this, whereas you could see City at, at times, in, particularly in that first half, looked a little bit un, unsure of what they were doing. One thing also just mentioned, obviously, we were going really big on Kakare last week. Did you feel that he was maybe struggling a bit more this time? It looked kind of midway second half, like he was maybe not having the kind of game that he'd had previously, which obviously given what he was up against is no real surprise, but... Was yeah. there I, I any doubt there or concerns feel, about him in this situation? I didn't feel like he, he struggled, but what I what I did feel like was, was Bruno Guimaraes in particular sort of outshone him, I thought, just in terms of his positional play mm. and, and sort of movement off the ball, tracking passing lanes. There's some really good, I forget who it was, there's some really good um, uh, sort of uh, videos and whatnot going around the internet, somebody doing a tactics breakdown of how... Um, Marcelo was tracking De Bruyne and it also had a, a video of the midfield and, and how the, the, the midfield was kind of reverting from a flat shape into a diamond depending on which end, which area of City were attacking and I think um, in, in truth as good as, as Kakare was against Juventus at the time Juventus' midfield is not as good as, as Man City's so I think yep. that was kind of the big yep. thing there but just overall I mean I'm, I wouldn't be massively concerned about him I, I think the only the only thing that you have to sort of keep in mind, I suppose, is the same thing that Hussein Awa will probably go through, is that overexposure thing. Now now everyone has actually worked out that France has a, a, a proper league and they actually play actual football <coughs> rather than, you know, something Petonk. made up from the unicorn land. No, we, 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 we all just play Petonk here. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's, it's all just uh, Ludo and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I think now the fact that people are aware that there are, I mean, I mean people are aware there's quality in France, don't get me wrong, but when you actually see those performances, I remember Noel Fakir's performance at the Etihad, it was much the same. And then he ended up at Betis. I think it's more probably to do with the injury than, or his knee to do with that, than that than anything else. But that's where you've got to be a bit careful not to overhype the players. And Kakare will will have a, a period at such a young age, whether it's probably going to be at some point this season, where he will flatten out. But you've just got to kind of stick with him. And, and while we're on that subject, um, just just to, to reiterate, Kakare, not Kakaret as I kept hearing on BT Sport. Thanks, guys. Um, yes, I, I do think it's, I think it's a fair point. What, what, what about that tactical side, or I say tactical side, the, the, uh, the, the ability to defend Jez for, for Leon? Because, again, heard a lot in, this, in the press this week. It's been all about how, you know, Man City mm-hmm. were game, but they changed their system, and that's what affected them. I didn't feel like Leon were particularly defensive or overly. I didn't feel like they parked the bus. I thought they just defended very, very well. And ironically, one of the the heroes, Jason Denier, a former Manchester City, Manchester City trialist. Um, and then you look at the other two defenders, Marcel or Marcel was written off kind of at the start of last season. And Marcelo, I mean, we all know what happened between him and his own fans. It, it's got the sort of the returning heroes about it, hasn't it? That in terms of that back three and how well they defended in that game. Yeah, the same with Juventus. I mean, the 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 sort of all the reviews after Juventus said, um, you know, it was basically, um, 
Lyon did well, but really the other team, you know, Juventus were so poor and it was all Ronaldo. I think I've said before, I mean, my, my issue is that um, Ronaldo's team suffer because it's all Ronaldo. And, you know, mm. if he occasionally passed the ball, they might actually score more goals than the admittedly huge amount that he scores by himself. Um, I think th- the same here. I thought De Bruyne was very good. I thought Sterling, I felt a little sorry for him. Obviously, I was quite pleased that he missed, but um, I, I thought he had a decent enough game. But, I mean, from apart from that, that Jesus folly and that Sterling miss, I'm struggling to think of many really clear-cut chances that, that City had. Yeah. And obviously, when anyone plays City, you're going to be conceding most of the possession to them, especially the sort of, it's become almost like a trademark in the last week, the seventh team in Liga this year. Um, as you said, it doesn't really mean that they're not the seventh best team in France, but it still says something about the season that they had. And especially when they've got a lead to defend. So, um I, you know, it's, it's no surprise that Lyon were in defensive mode. But even then, it wasn't really, mm. um, I, think after, I think I used the phrase after the, the Juventus one, it wasn't the Alamo. No. And yeah, th- those three players in particular, does, I think Dubois actually does not look so fantastic since the break, which is a bit of a concern. And I wonder mm. whether um, Bayern might, um, I think they've been playing Perisic. I wonder whether they'll they'll change and put, mm. put Coman there just because yeah. he's... Because he was replaced by Tete. Um, yeah. Kind of yeah, I think he was the first one as in. well. That might also be an element of sort of fitness as well. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But keeping, I, I, keeping him going. But, exactly, freshness, yeah. yeah. Um, but those three in, in, in the middle, I mean, Julien Laurent said, Marcelo, the other day, he's just not a very good footballer. <laughs> but he is a good defender. And, and I think uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Which is all you need to be as a seven and a half, in my opinion. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, yeah, it's I mean, almost... well, it's, you know, it depends. If you're if you're a defender in Man City, then well, you know, at least one of them needs. To, well, most teams, I think, you need more than just a couple of spoilers. Mm. But um, I think the three of them combine very well. Marcel really struck. I, you know, I, I really rated him when when Leon signed him, but he struggled as a fullback but it's a bit of a revelation as a left-sided centre-back. Denier, I think, was one of the few that came out of the season with a little bit of credit. I think mm. he, did, he did play well all season. And, and as you said, Marcelo's a kind of changed person. Um, and, you know, maybe, again, it's just this, this one-match format and that particularly suits them. Obviously, they, they did well in both, without winning them, but they did well in both cups. So possibly they just something about these sort of one-off matches that they can lift themselves for but whatever the reason I, I agree it was yes they were it was a defensive performance you'd expect that you'd expect that again in the next match but it wasn't um you know literally mm. clearances off the line every 30 seconds or anything like that and they still did with those two goals yes they were sitting back and defending but always with an eye to can we break? Can we get away? Can we go forward? And they did it twice, and that's how they won. Yeah, yeah they, the they two, weren't the two of, final final goals. So I think they weren't hoofs upfield. They were. No, they were, both well they were proper breaks. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing that always bugs me as well about, about these sort of things 
people will always say, oh, well, the, the, the smaller team, quote unquote, came and, and defended and, and they were just organised. How do you expect them to play? You know, yeah, I mean, Barcelona I went and played Bayern Munich and lost 8-2, for Christ's sake. Like, you, sometimes you Being have to... Being organised would have helped in that yeah. circumstance. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not the greatest fan and certainly not a member of the, the, the cult of Pep. But, um, you know, the, the fact that he, I thought, to be fair... And whether it was a little bit of deflecting, I suspect it was a little bit of deflection tactics at the end of the game. He gave Leon rightly so the credit they deserved, and and was high high praise about how they how their pressing game was, how they were organised, how they were well structured, and and the fact that he changed his team as much as it was very peppy to uh, to mess about with something that you know if it ain't broke don't fix it. And I think if he had have played the likes of Mara's and and David Silva or Bernardo Silva, I think they might have had a bit more joy, or certainly Leon would have had more to to, to defend against. But I, sometimes I think we look too deep into who got it wrong rather than giving the credit to the team that actually got it right. And and that's that's what I'm particular what pleased me particularly about Leon in that particular game. And and the goals were good as well. Like Jess said, they weren't just sort of uh, you know fluky off the arse from five yard kind of goals either they, they were proper goals I thought uh, Cornet was fantastic um, very very acute angle to finish that uh, okay yes the Edison fumble was, was poor and and the final thing I would say was all these people that were crying about the uh, alleged foul um, I want to get your take on this actually quickly Jez because there was an uproar about this foul I tweeted at the time and yes it was apparently ruled as offside but Kyle Walker pulls over, I believe it's, is it, I think it was actually Cornet. Yeah. Um, and Steve McManaman was, was literally having an egg at the time about it, about how, it, you know, how it was, how these dirty foreigners diving doesn't happen in the good old Premier League. Rah. But if you're going to give fouls, that was as much of a foul as, as I felt the coming together in the build up to the goal for Leon was. Yes, it, it, by the letter of the law, technically a foul, but. I think you, you go back to the old days. Give the advantage to the attacker. It's clear that it's not a deliberate tackle. They just they just entangle legs. Did you see it the same way? I genuinely, I, it's not very good preparation for this pod. I should check it. I genuinely don't know what the rule is, but there's no doubt that it was accidental. Mm. Um, I don't know if it should be given anyway. I'm not sure. But again, you play to the whistle and. You know, as as has been said in another podcast, if Man City, the sort of the richest team in the world, who spent you know a billion pounds or whatever it is over the last few years, are using uh, a bad VAR decision that happened in the 79th minute against the again team that finished seventh in in the Farmers League, then you know I think they're missing the point slightly. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, one one thing I just noticed because obviously. Immediately after the game, there was a bunch of um, people speculating about, you know, Pep should be fired. He's done this too many times. So I was just thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, are Leon going to see off kind of Sarri and Pep in the space of eight days? Yeah, can you imagine? Um, yeah. It seems like everybody's calmed down a bit now, which is which is yeah. possibly for the best. But yeah, just the idea that they kind of are now, you know, stalking through Europe picking off managers <laughs> right, left and centre did strike me as quite amusing. Yeah. So yeah, and we'll, and we'll have to see what happens. happens so what happens next, next yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, if, if Bayern Munich rolls into town, 
we'll, we'll touch on that briefly in a second. But if they roll into town and win, then we all know that that the uh, the Farmers League will, will be out in force once again on on social media. But hey, we'll have our day in the sun. And I think that's what pleased me. You touched on the fact Kylian Mbappe was was very vocal on on Twitter. Mm. Um, obviously, myself and Jez. Uh, have been very vocal in our our dislike for Steve McManaman, but a BT as a whole. I just don't where... get what everybody's got against farmers. It's a bloody difficult I, job, I apart I from yeah. everything else. I think it's just a lazy stereotype, isn't it, of, of French and farming? Because I mean, but... the thing is, because I don't hear UK TV coverage. Lucky thing. I kind, but when you're bitching about it, I kind of assume you're exaggerating because. Like, who says Farmers League anymore? Because, of course, I don't hear any of that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. then the, 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 the amount of absolute bullshit fair, after this match, it was, it, was, it was quite amusing. It clearly is still an issue that I don't, a lot of I don't, footballers, apart from anything else, take kind of person. I don't remember. I don't think on TV, I'm not sure they use the phrase farm. No. But the lack of respect. I mean, McManaman is a, this is the third week that I'm going to yeah. swear in a row. <laughs> <I mean, he's, laughs> Go for it, sweetie. Grace. Um, I mean, frankly, in Premier League coverage, if it isn't, his commentary is, if Liverpool are playing, it's, it's exactly the same. It's Liverpool and absolutely nothing else. But in European, it's English club and nothing else. And I understand being a little bit one-eyed. I understand being a little bit biased. I know that coverage in French is obviously pro, pro-French club as <laughs> oh, well. I'll but deal with that in a minute. there an element of reporting on the match. Yeah. And frankly, McManaman does not do that. No. Uh, and he's... The example that Chris gave, the example that Chris gave in a tweet during, during the match as well, where De Bruyne clearly went through Aruwa and, and McManaman said something about, you know, bloody foreigners rolling around. This is someone who's mates with Steven Gerrard. Mm. It's the foreigners who dive around. Yeah. Um, it's, it's absolutely disgraceful. And how he's got that gig, I don't know. But in, in, and frankly, Lineker is not much better. I mean, he sounds like he sounded like he was ready to go into mourning. In this match, was bad enough, but he did it when PSG beat Atalanta as well. Yeah. But it's just the basic level of respect. I mean, after Bayern beat Barcelona, they were discussing what City need to do to beat them in the semi-final. And of course City are favourites. Of course Ligue 1 is not as good as the Premier League. Well, depending on what parameters you're judging it by, is not as good as the Premier League. But you show a little bit of respect, especially to a team or club like Lyon, who, OK, are probably not going to qualify for Europe next year, but have done for the last 25 years. And you do your research Again, who well. produced some of the best players in Europe, including many who've gone on to good things in England. Yeah, yeah. You, you, do, you do your research as well. You know, you, you, you have a little bit of knowledge on, on the players. And the thing that I'll sort of draw a line into BT Sport here with this comment, but... The thing that, that drives me insane, as you rightly say, I get the fact we're in England, so you know the coverage is going to be slightly weighted towards English clubs. Not that you know I give a monkey's about any English club, but one. Um, but the thing that frustrates me is is a, a company like BT Sport, who have access to the likes of Richardson, Laurence, um, uh, Honigstein, 
Gabriel Marcotti is, is linked through ESPN. There's, there are people who genuinely know the game. Christ, they, they could, I'm sure, for, for the amount of money. For a but, lot but, of you guys, like you're watching people who don't like football talking yeah. Which but, I mean, to me is fucking peculiar. And that's that's the weird thing, you know, get just get somebody on, you know, you see it on sort of match of the day in England where if or or the, the particular game, you know, if there's a game between say an Arsenal and a Chelsea, they try and get an ex Chelsea or an ex Arsenal pundit on Sky, for example. Not always the best pundits because they're not always <laughs> brilliant, but at least there's a little bit of semblance of balance there. Um I, I just find it strange that from a company that promotes how how much European football it has on, and sadly, Ligue 1 will be on BT again this year. So I, um, I just find I find it I found it very very demeaning and and little, little old Leon, God bless them. Uh, you know their history is three years. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, because obviously I'm uh, it's on RMC Sport over here, which is a bit of a kind of uh, subscription fuck up, which we can get into in another time, but. Um, I mean, the the TV teams there have been having an absolute ball because they don't have a lot of commentators, so they've basically been doing everything. So having just recovered from doing the Bayern-Barca match, um, when it came to the Lyon match, uh, you could basically almost hear them breathing into paper bags because they were so excited. The amount of squeaking was quite significant because it was just so unexpected. They were so excited. But it wasn't like the kind of dull, negative bias of, oh, these dirty foreigners. It was sheer childlike joy at some points that Leon were actually winning. And that was, yes, biased, but biased in a good way. Biased in a kind of John Motson kind of way. That he sounded yeah. so excited yeah. And it was a really positive thing. So I like that. And I hope they get to do that some more over the next couple of days. Because it's just a delight um, to, uh, to, to listen to a football match with commentary where they are genuine. You can hear them clutching each other and squeaking and screaming and whatever, as you are. So I think yeah. that's kind of nice. Oh, imagine if we get a PSGOL final. Imagine the scenes. Oh, um, well, I mean, Winamax <laughs> might lose their betting licence if you've seen any of that on Twitter today. I might lose Ab my marbles if that's the final to be there. shit show. Um, we will very briefly touch on PSG before we finish up in a moment, but I do just want to get both your thoughts on, on the semi-final with, with Leon and, and Bayern. I mean, do I'm not going to say do we give Leon any chance because it's a game of football, anything can happen, you know, yeah, red card early, goal early, whatever. But, you know, what's another what hope against do? hope thing for me? Yeah. I think, again, you look at it and we say exactly the same thing. If they can score early, that's good. There are spaces in that Bayern team just they're tricky to find them and if you have a decent defense then you can maybe keep them arm's length long enough to cause them some problems and cause confusion in the ranks it's not out of the question it's again hope against hope but i think i think it'll be a good game i just hope as i said earlier that leon keep that cohesion and concentration and composure and go for it yeah yeah i, I hope they play the same team again frankly if they're all yeah. fit um and 
let that um, kind of familiarity, let that, um, you know, percussion, what's it called, automation, what, yeah. what's it called, Jez? You know, the rhythm, the understanding, yeah, automatism. <laughs> let that work and, and see what happens. Because frankly, ha even if they get, they get beaten, and they get beaten badly, they probably aren't going to get beaten 8 2. So, you know. No, let's hope not, because I'd go never for it. the end of it. <laughs> no, go for it. I think, you know, they've got the ability to cause problems. And maybe Bayern Munich aren't used to being caused problems. So, you know, have That's a go, them. lads. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, Jez, I know uh, we're conscious of time today because we are actually recording a lot earlier than we usually do. So we've only got about a five or so minutes left of the pod. So I, I do just want to, um, by all means, if you want to work in your thoughts on, on the semi with, with Leon as well, Jez. But I, I want to get your views on, on tonight's game as we record PSG play RB Leipzig, um, the, uh, the disgustingly sweet energy drink club. Um, tonight's game... What is there? Is there a danger that PSG go into this basically knowing that everyone expects them to win? Um, and, and is that is that the biggest test that they have? Because on paper, with Mbappe back potentially, obviously no Verratti and and uh, no Kaylor Navas still. But do you expect PSG to go through? Is there any concerns about that favourites tag they have on them? For you? Um, there should be concerns in the sense that. Just because of everything we've always seen with PSG, I mean, most matches that um, that they play, they are favourites, and obviously domestically they they're fine with that. Europeanly, not always, and and as we said, they were ninety seconds away from a humiliating, well, humiliating maybe is a bit strong, but uh, an embarrassing defeat last week. Um, if they played like that against Leipzig, they'd have lost. But I think Leipzig are probably a better team, or certainly have got. Um, more nous and more weapons to to hurt PSG with, but as you said, PSG now have Mbappe back and I th and Di Maria. I think yeah. those are both two two crucial um, additions to to the eleven that played the other day, and um, probably I think also maybe have sort of can relax a little bit because they've now got another sort of um, albatross off their back. They've now reached the semi-finals, which is, is new ground for them. Yes, they are favourites and they should get to the final. You should expect them to. Um, but I do think that the, the dynamic is very different now to what it has been the last couple of years. Um, even down to sort of, you know, those who believe in sort of fate or whatever, the, the way that they beat Atalanta. So I, I do think they need to be careful not to be too cocky. Um, and I do think that um, their forwards are in for a tough ride. Um, you know, particularly Upamecano, I'm a huge fan of, was was fantastic mm -hmm. against Atletico. And, and if he, you know, him against Mbappe really is going to be a fascinating yeah. um, tussle between t two young French players. Um, but I think PSG... For me, they're their favourites, and I expect them to win. But I definitely think they need—they would need to improve from from the other day. Lyon, I think, I again—I mean, I know we said it against 
Juventus and City, Bayern start as favourites. Lyon definitely have a chance because they've got quality footballers and anything can happen in 90 minutes. But you still feel like Bayern Munich are grown-ups. Different, different animal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Different animal. Yeah, Juve in transition, Barcelona, uh, Barcelona. well, Barcelona, Bayern, obviously, but pulled them apart. They're in, in, in horrific state at the moment. And Man City still can't defend. <laughs> so, yeah. Whereas Bayern look complete, really, don't they, in, in, in essence? Exactly. Yeah, I think my big question for this evening is obviously because Mbappe's back, Di Maria's back, so that makes a forward line more what we used to but it's going to be who who's picked in midfield mm. because obviously with Verratti out um, we saw that the starting midfield against Atalanta was just almost nothing um, and Draxler and Paredes were brought, in with 20, brought on with 20 minutes to go I saw a rumour on Twitter earlier Paredes is going to start which may help that but there is still it seems mad to say it um, given how much money has been spent but the absence of one player can make that midfield one thing or the other and Mm -hmm. so what thing it is this evening is going to be I think very interesting to see because there's some like scurrying going on from from Leipzig um, and being able to balance that instead of having the kind of strangely nihilistic midfield they started out with against Atalanta um, is going to, I think, be a, a key element. We all know how good the forwards are, but yeah. it's it's the stuff behind them that is, um, as ever, going to yeah. be the question. So, we yeah. will see. I think, as Jess said, I think the key, uh, one of the key returns is Di Maria, because if you've got a front three of Di Maria, Neymar flanking Mbappe, you yeah. shouldn't need to worry too much about your midfield in theory. Um, but I guess time will tell. Um, well, there we go. That's uh, hopefully given you something to listen to in terms of Leon fans uh, and getting the praise you, you rightly deserve. And, uh, and also for PSG fans ahead of tonight, uh, we're able to have this up before kickoff. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen. If not, hopefully PSG have done the business. Uh, been interesting to see and could go against his former employers tonight as well so I think we all wish PSG well and of course Lyon as well the French League starts again this Friday we'll be back next week to talk about that we'll probably be back um, Thursday Thursday yes because we'll, we'll do the Lyon uh, result first about that anyway so we'll probably talk a bit more Ligue on then but just so everyone is aware the Marseille so Etienne game has been postponed. I believe there was five confirmed cases in the end of Marseille. Uh, with St Etienne, was it? Oh, no, it was with Marseille, sorry. Four, I think. Oh, was it four in the end? Okay, four, four too many. But uh, So I believe Bordeaux's game has now been moved forwards. I think that was announced this afternoon, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think so. Mistaken. Um, anyway, there's probably going to be a game on Friday. But, um, Somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere, somehow, somewhere, or uh, yeah, one one of the games we think it's Bordeaux has been moved forward. So keep an eye out for that. But we'll uh, we'll of course update you. We we should know for definite by then, um, as opposed to uh, we're fumbling in the dark. So we will let you know. <coughs> Excuse me, but until until that <coughs> until then, whew, I took a sharp intake of breath too much there. Uh, until then, we hope PSG do get through tonight, and of course, we wish Leon well. Uh, it just remains for me to thank both Phil and Jess for joining me today. So, uh, thank you, Paris, and thank you very much to you both. Thank you.
And uh, we'll be back, as I say, after the Leon game to break that down. Uh, if it's a really bad night, then it might be a short pod. But let's hope for a nice long pod so we can enjoy plenty more farming. Uh, until next time, enjoy the semi-finals and we'll speak to you very soon.